but we all get, I got hoodwinked as well into thinking that I was pointing people towards a truth. So I had my version of a carrot of the truth and I was playing a game with them. And I've seen that having noticed that even truth is just a carrot, they don't even need to be chasing that. Boy, that's freedom. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Coaching Life Podcast, where we peel back the ball crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like to live a coaching life. This episode is a little different in that I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with my dear friend and colleague, Amir Karkuti, for his WTF Other Principles group, his What the Fuck Other Principles group on Facebook. Now, as I say in the conversation, that group is by far my favorite on Facebook. And if you're not in there and are interested in exploring the three Ps as described by Sid Banks in a very fun and lighthearted way, and indeed in a very practical way, both Amir and I are very passionate about connecting with people and sharing this understanding in a simple, in simple, practical terms, in practical ways that can help people. Amir's made it really easy for you to find the group by going to welovesid.com and that's Sid, S-Y-D. It's quite a different kind of conversation than what we usually have on this podcast, but for those of you interested in the three principles and indeed any coaching modality, belief systems or pointing to truth, I think you'll find this at least interesting and hopefully of use and as always i'd love to hear from you about this episode any insights you might have and how you might use them okay i hope you enjoy this conversation about the nature of beliefs truth and of course coaching with my dear friend amir and we are recording and we are live with mr phil goddard now phil for for some of you guys that may or may not know him has He's one of my really close, good friends. Um, I met him, how long ago, Phil? 2013. You remember that, huh? 2013, yeah. it yeah. was uh, at a Steve Chandler event, right? Mm -hmm. is, that, is that it? Yeah. We are both uh, going into the, I, I, I was in, the, we're, I think we're both in the coaching world before that, but uh, we did both decided to go and check out Steve Chandler's um, school. I had an incredible experience. Not only did I have a cool experience, I got to meet really cool people like Phil and we just hit it off right off the bat. And, um, and we became friends ever since. And he happens to be actually an incredibly gifted coach and he has incredibly amazing ideas that sometimes what I like about Phil, okay, he can join any group and he can also step back and look at the group and see what makes the group the group? I know that sounds like a very weird way of explaining it, but he's able to look at it from both angles, which for me is really eye-opening because when I get engaged in a group, I kind of immerse myself and I, find, and I forget that I'm in a group, right? So me and, me and Phil have had many nights of conversations till three, four in the morning, looking at the stars, just talking about life coaching and <laughs> in general. And it's, I've been wanting him to be on this call for a very long time. We finally made it happen. And uh, if you guys want to check out his book too, we'll talk about the book Musings on Love and More Musings on Love. Uh, that actually is incredible. Really two really awesome books. But Phil, thank you for being here. Welcome to the What the F are the Three Principles group. And uh, it's, glad, it's good to have you. Uh, I'm, you know, this, this is without a doubt, actually your group is without a doubt my favorite group on Facebook. Um, there's just, uh, I, I love everything about you. Um, it was, uh, I know we've spoken about this a few times. Like, I, um, I think one of the first times we hung out actually at your place, I got to witness a day in the life of Amir and you kind of asked me, you know, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I would just love to see what life is like being Amir. So you just did what you normally do. And uh, really what you see with Amir in the group is, is, is what you get. How he shows up in the world is exactly as you would imagine. It's such a joy hanging out with you. You're just so funny and so loving and seeing that you would do anything for any, 
anybody apart from that one little favor I asked you to do. No, but um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, so I, I'm really, I'm actually honored. I know you're um, not overly protected, but I know this group and people in this group mean a lot to you. So I, I, I do consider it an honor and a privilege um, to, to be in this seat. Thank you. Thank you, man. That really means a lot, dude. Uh, we can we can sit here for the next hour and talk about how how much we love each other. But I don't know how useful that would be for this group. But I will I will ask you, and I know, and I want to ask you what you consider yourself because I don't I don't I don't see you as a three principles practitioner per se. You are very well versed. You understand the principles inside and out, right? But I, I do want to ask you a question that I ask everybody that's on this show, uh, or whatever you want to call it, this group, is um, if someone is in three principles and they're just starting out, they got a hit of this insight and they got this huge understanding and they want to go share it to the world, what do you see valuable for somebody that is in our community and wants to share the principles? What would be a good step for them if you were, if you were in their shoes? Well, well, two things. Um... And yeah, this, this kind of goes against what some people might say, perhaps. But since you asked me, I'll answer what I think. Um, share really like what's personal for you, like your experiences. So I can't even say what that is because, you know, I mean, my, my, how the principles look to me now is different to how they looked even two years ago. So I, I'm talking about it in a different way now. To, to just two years ago, let alone when I first came across it many, many years ago, I came across this understanding at least many years ago. So the two things would be like get personal. Um, I know you've spoken about this as well in the group about how you've been impacted by this understanding. And secondly, be really curious about what's going on with the other person? How are they seeing life? How are they making this mean that? And just keep genuinely, lovingly, curiously um, probing at that. I love that. And, and when, you, when you're talking as well, you said that it looks different from two years ago. What do you mean by that? What do you mean it looks different? What's changed? Yeah, kind of, oh, I wanted to like go into this gently, really. But, you know, what's, what's changed is um, <laughs> so this is it, it just it, it amuses me because, you know, what? I went through a time where I felt like, yeah, I've got it. Right. And I would see people saying, oh, I've, I've just got it. I've got it at a deeper level. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I get it. I kind of understand it. Um, and then I just had a conversation with Dickon. Dick and Bedinger around about um, two years ago, coming up to two years ago. And he just said one little thing that, that was, uh, this is my experience as well, very much in conversations with people, we'll just say a, what might be a throwaway comment to somebody. And this thing just blew my mind. Not right there on the call, it planted a seed that then exploded after that. So what looks different is around truth um and indeed that i would talk it, like it, it threw me off just this this comment and then that insight from that threw me off to the extent that i actually hit it hit away for a while because like my whole work was based on something that i thought well there's just one truth there's this thing called love this phenomena which you might have a whole load of other different names for and I just in that moment could see right through it. So whilst I think um, the principles as Sid described has been the most magnificent, has had the most magnificent impact on me and my life and probably everybody that I, whose life I've come into contact with since. What I've seen is even what the principles are made of. And to me, it um, just increasingly looks like there, there, there are, I've, I've become much more, I guess I just notice actually, I just notice more and more when we're talking about truth and I've just seen that the most free place in quotes that I can be is to not know anything 
including a truth. To me, that's been the most liberating way to look at any of this. So whilst the principles look true, and I would have said, I would have like two years ago, yeah, this is how it works. Right? To me, it's not inconceivable that some guy might come along in 20 years time and have a boom insight and like be chucking, you thought it was this. <laughs> you remember that? You thought that was how it worked? Oh my goodness. Now to me, that's not, that's not inconceivable because throughout history, that's just happened over and over and over and over again. Like, so we come across the principles and so many of us are really passionate about it like because of the impact on us. Like I find that people are most passionate about it. They are sharing like their own, what ha the impact has had on them, had on their life. And that's wonderful. Please do that. Yes, do that. And what I encourage is what, in fact, what the principles are, to use that phrase, pointing to is how everything is made up. But I also think the principles fall into that category. That that's potentially all made up because it's not inconceivable that a hundred years time we'll be like, <laughs> do you remember there's these guys who are on this webinar and there's this guy, you know, Garrett Kramer, he got close, you know, but look, they were so close, but they weren't quite there. You know, it's like, we, we just don't know. We really, we, we can, and maybe we can talk about this. We can get in touch with that feeling and we have this feeling of knowing what is it that's telling us that we know the same thing that tells us that we don't know. So how do I talk about it? I talk about it in that I want to, I want to, I love playing with the Play-Doh, but I can just see that there is nothing that's excluded from the Play-Doh. Nothing. It's all Play-Doh. Man, that just, we, we just got, we got thrown into the, the, the deep end real quick, didn't we? <laughs> you threw me in. Yeah, I didn't know we we're going to get right to it. But so, so when you're saying, There is a part that you said getting closer to truth. So do you think there is an actual truth out there? Or are, when no. you say closer, because that makes well, I'm saying this. What, I, what, I, what I'm saying is it's, to me, it's not inconceivable that somebody could come along in 100 years' time and be laughing at us and say, well, you guys got close to the truth or a truth. Uh -huh. But do I think there's a single truth? It's kind of like whether I do or I don't just seems irrelevant, actually. Like, I, I, it's like, I, I don't even know how to answer that question because I realize that my answer has no relevance. Yeah. Because I don't think we can know. So great, if we want to play, how does it look to you? What did you think of the movie or what did you think of the football game? Right? What's the meaning of life? How do you think they played in that match? To me, it's the same level of discussion and it is all fun. And whilst it's fun, that's all good. I can get quite passionate because I care about people. And I, you know, seen in various groups and you and I have had a couple of conversations about it where it can become a little bit unpleasant. And we're like, oh, well, let's just keep playing with the Play-Doh. Right. Yeah? And I agree. And even in my group, you start to see people get very passionate about their conceptual ideas of what they believe to be true. Um, matter of fact, after this call, I'm going to put a link up about a, a really, really cool article, Phil, I think you're going to dig it too, about the things that people don't actually have a real answer to, for example, politics, religion, and spirituality, yet they're the more vo most vocal with. Like uh, when, when you go and sit with a chemist and they're talking chemistry, they don't get as passionate. They go, here's how it works. This is what we're going to figure out. But it's the things that we don't really have a lot, big grasp on, we have a very strong conviction on, ironically. Right. It just happens to be that way. Sports teams, whatever you want to call it, you know, like things like that. But going now to the name. So so I was going to say going go to the nature of beliefs. But before I get there, then you being a coach, what do you point your clients to? So there is no truth out there. We're playing with Play-Doh or is that what you point people to then? I don't know that I go into any conversation with intention to point my clients in a particular direction because I'm going in, I guess, like I, I, I show up on the call with everything I've got going on, everything I've experienced, the, my current understanding, which is a bit different to two years ago, completely different to 15 years ago. Um, 
So I'm just showing up and we're having a conversation. It's like, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I'm not going into a conversation thing. I want to teach somebody non-duality or three principles or that they're not a separate self or I need like I'll help them. But where I see somebody suffering doing quotes, because what I really mean from that is um, not experiencing perhaps ease. Yeah. Just really that simple. Then I want to poke at that and I want to help them to see where, how they're making X mean Y. So is that the principles? That might be. Sometimes we might come across the role of thinking or thought. I'll often talk a lot about energy because I don't, to me, there's a bit like, do I really only experience my thinking? I really like that idea and we can call it a principle and, and then we can justify it being true because principles are true. But to me, it's like, well, that's an idea. And if this was on Facebook, somebody would be saying, it's not an idea, it's truth. Okay. To me, truth is also an idea. To me, truth is also an idea. So just, I'm just, I'm having the conversation but I want to, if, if, the, if I'm sensing where they're not at ease with something, where I, where I perhaps notice they could be, then I'll dive into there and just help them see where they're making something up. Because yeah. we are, we're always making something up, right? I want to give an example uh, with you in 2013, and you might know <laughs> which one I'm talking about. So what you guys don't realize is um, Phil does have a magic power. And what his magic power was in 2013, I, 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 I was on like my second or third day at the uh, Steve Chandler event and uh, we're sitting by the fireplace at, you know, at the end of the night and we're chatting and I don't know what was in my head, but I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what's wrong with, with some of the coaching. Why do people look in this direction? And, and I was just whirling in my head. I don't remember exactly what I was, what, what I was working on. What was, do you remember what it was? You did speak about a book at the time. You're getting a lot of uh, feedback about your book. Oh, that's what it was. It was my book. And I was one, yeah, it was my book. And I just got in my head about it. And Phil just looked at me and he had this smirk. And I just looked and I was kind of like amused and confused, but a little bit irked that I'm trying to explain to him how, 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 what I'm saying is very, very important. And I wanted an answer from all these coaches that were in, in the, you know, in our uh, coaching group. And he looked at me and he goes, Amir, so fucking what? <laughs> that you're having these, this ideas about all this stuff. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. And I wanted, and as the more I started talking, I realized, man, a lot of what I'm saying is just, just talk from my head. And he didn't entertain the idea. And I'll tell you something that became actually one of my biggest, I, I wrote a post about it and we, I called it SFW um, for so fucking what, because it had such an impact on me. One of the things, you know, going back to what you're saying is uh, as far as truth, uh, being so elusive is that you do have a way of coming into a conversation, not buying into not only my idea of how the world works, but even your idea of how the world works. <laughs> so now we're in a situation where we're both going, well, where do we start from? And, and I can just picture me asking you that and you having the biggest smirk and saying, we start here. Where do you want to go? And I just can imagine that. Is that kind of what I see with, with the way that you show up and share with your clients? Uh, you know, so I think not knowing, like I say, is there's like so much freedom in that. Every time we think we know something, we are restricting ourselves in some way. You know, when we, I think I commented on one of, one of the posts uh, in, in the group earlier, that you know, when, we, when we define something, we confine it by definition. So even if something that looks really true to me, even this, this, this thing that we call truth, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just holding on to that very lightly. I'm just holding, that on, holding on to that very lightly. Like, to me, yes. I, I, do I think there's something that's truth? Yeah. Do I think there's only one? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know. So let's pick an idea. Let's have fun. Great. Let's play. 
You know, let's play with that. Now, like if I play Monopoly, you guys play Monopoly in, the, yeah, in America? All right. So if you play Monopoly, I'm going to whip your ass. I'll be in the game, right? And I, and I will. I will whip your ass, by the way. But, <laughs> but what we don't need to be doing is like just reminding it, yeah, but it's only a game because that kind of spoils the fun. Nobody needs to, oh, every time you throw the dice, yeah, don't forget, it's only a game. It's like, fuck that. Let's immerse ourselves into the game. It's so much fun. So, yes, we're right. Where do you want to go? Let's play. Come on, bring it on. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, I'll, and, and if there's anyone on here that wants to chime in, has a question, has any ideas or insights that you want to you share, feel free to just raise your hand. And uh, speaking of, oh, we got a few people that joined. Speaking of the nature of beliefs, what are, how do we even start with the nature of beliefs with, with what you've seen? Cause I, and for some of you guys that don't know, also you have a podcast where you uh, interview all sorts of coaches, not just three principles coaches, right? I'm imagining you've done. No, I don't. I, I've never actually specifically um, gone out looking for three P coaches to come on there, but the integrity of the podcast is really important to me. So I guess, I mix with a lot of 3P coaches and I get people on there that I have some kind of connection with. It's not like just somebody picked out of the air or, or whatever. So um, yeah. And I really love that because I, I think it's important um, to show other coaches what everybody's up to. Like, well, how's it really going on? Um, the, the, the point of the podcast is, you know, as I say, we peel back the bull crap and brush away any photoshopping to give you an unfiltered look at what it's like. Yeah, so that's really about that. And it, that came about from me uncovering some embellishment in the profession from a previous mentor. And I was so upset about that up in my head and all the story he should, he shouldn't. And uh, outside here, I look over the, the local university college. And one morning I woke up and there was a big banner there with one of my favorite quotes by Gandhi, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. And I was like, oh, okay, I love that. So I can turn this thing around and just be of service. So podcasts, it's just all about having conversations with other coaches and how's life like for them? What's life like for you? That's it. Oh, that, so, so from what you have interviewed, I'm curious, with all the, thing, all the, all the coaches you've interviewed, what do you think makes an impactful coach, in your opinion? presence really being present with somebody being I mean like really with them so that's again the loving curiosity the personal nature so <laughs> Steve Chanter teaches these interesting distinctions between you know professional and personal whatever and there is a context to that where that is important but in being with somebody I'm not being anyone. So um, you, you, you kind of touched on this in, in part of your intro conversation, like, well, who am I? What do I do? I don't know. I, I, I just sit with people and we talk and I help them in any way that, that I can. What, what's impactful about that is the intimacy of that connection. So I'm not teaching just really present with that person. And yeah, I think that's, that's all I've got really. I could, I could, everything else just starts to feel like I'm making that up. Even, even this is made up of course, but it just looks to me like what well, the impact is just being present. But of course that's not something you can try and do. Okay. I must be present. It's like something that happens when you're not trying. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, and that, that may sound like such a trivial, like, Oh, we've heard that before, but it, what just comes to mind for me is, in my 24-hour day, I don't have anyone that's genuinely present for me. Anybody, even my wife. I love my wife, but me and her, we're running around. We have a kid. We have our a beautiful daughter. We're running around. She has work. I have work. And so when I'm at work, nobody you know, is present with me. When I'm, even when I'm walking by myself, I'm in my head trying to figure out what I need to do, what I need to do tomorrow. So there is a tremendous value with what you just said about presence. And I can see as soon as you wanted to elaborate on it, you stopped yourself. I'm guessing because you're going to 
it would start to sound like it needs more than that, but it doesn't. It genuinely, that's a beautiful starting point. And it happens to be a beautiful middle and an ending point for a lot of us, <laughs> right? Because from, then, go ahead. The, well, the kind of the, the, the irony of that is it's not something that you can do with intention. It's something you have to allow by just noticing anything else that's going on and dropping that. So um, that's why in a way I kind of, I, I wouldn't say I struggle, but it, it can catch me off guard when people ask me, what do you actually do? Because I'm not doing anything. Generally, you know, we get on a call, we talk, and I'm not doing anything. Do I, do I call it, I don't want to call it coaching. It's, I don't know what it is. Does it need a name? I'm just with someone. Interesting. And, and to your point, I think a lot of the people in our community struggle because they come into the conversation saying, how can I help them with a three principles understanding? Right? So we're already coming in waiting for them to say something so we can throw in a three principles solution when the first thing is we don't even know what they need. We don't even need know if they just need a hug. We don't know anything. And so coming in from that open space, from that open mind, not three principles guy, three, I mean, I find it funny. It's, we call it a three principles practitioner, uh, right? When, when the idea is just to simply be present with someone and we are in, the principles are working regardless of whether we're a practitioner or not. Uh, it's like trying to say we're human practitioners. Just never quite made sense. It never made sense for me. But now going, going from there, what, what do you see, you know, from speaking of nature of beliefs, that's one of the things I've noticed in our community is we have a tremendous amount of beliefs about how to, do the three principles is in your opinion, is there a right way to do it? What's your opinion with in, in, in the context of the three principles? What is, is the, I don't want to say the right way to share, but what do you see to be impactful, profound for some, someone else? Yeah. So as soon as I start trying to answer questions or even if I'm asking a question about what's right and wrong, maybe I want to rephrase that. Like, so what's, what's most helpful? What's most helpful? What's most helpful. That's good. And to me, what's most how like, I cannot believe how easy my, if we call them conversations, coaching sessions have become whilst at the same time becoming even more impactful because I'm not trying to do anything. So is there a right and wrong way? Is there, is there ways that are more helpful than others? Yeah, sure. Of course. We're not trying to dodge the question. Sometimes I have conversations with someone and actually one of my, uh, one of my clients, uh, I'll quite happily say, Oh my God, I've noticed I've got this going on. And I'm like, bad coach, bad coach, you know, bad coaching just there as a human being with them. So if I'm going into conversations and I'm already starting to wonder what's helpful here and what isn't, what's right and what's wrong, I'm already being less helpful than I could be by entertaining those questions rather than just simply being present with the person. So has the, there's been things that have come up in conversation. I think, oh, yeah, okay, I could have phrased that differently. So guess what I do? So you know what? I want to ask you that in a different way. Where really want to, I want to ask you this. Just to, um, it's there's such a temptation when we're looking for how tos to make it really complicated. And it's from that question of the how to does the right and wrong question arise. If there isn't a how-to question, then there is no right and wrong. There just is. You're just with somebody. At least you know what? That's how it, that's how it looks to me. If you go into a conversation and you, you, know, you recite 12 mantras and you meditate for 30 minutes and you have a set number of 200 powerful questions and that works for you, that's good. I'm just simply sharing what I notice, what has me love doing this. You know, one thing that you mentioned, again, which I find very powerful as you said if the question doesn't sound right to me what i'll say is let me rephrase the question i feel like there are so many of uh of us in our community that are afraid to simply tell the truth 
like, ooh, what I just, you know, I was looking in the wrong direction. Can we start from scratch? I'm really sorry. Let's go this direction. Or, hey, you know what? I was a little nervous when I, when I was asking you this question because I was trying to be a really impactful coach. Let me settle down for a minute. Let me do it this way. I, 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 and I've said this before. I feel like people are a lot more forgiving when you show up as a human and tell the truth versus you trying to cover up the fact that you just didn't ask a good question or you don't actually know what to say right now, which has happened to me where I've been with a client and I said, that's actually a tough question. I don't know how to answer that either. Is it okay if we kind of explore it together? Because I have no idea how to answer that. And people are extremely forgiving. They don't actually go, oh, what a moron. They go, wow, what, a, what an honest answer. Have you seen that yourself? <laughs> totally. Even today, I did exactly that today. Was, um, with a client this morning, um, asked one question and he didn't answer the question that I wanted wanted an answer to it wasn't that i didn't get the answer i was expecting or anything like that i just like he was looking somewhere where i was looking so i just realized oh yeah i didn't actually i didn't actually ask the question i wanted to ask and i told him that just exactly as i've just described to you exactly as i've just described to you and i think anytime we notice that oh i can't say that or i shouldn't say this again it just takes us out of the out of the presence i, I guess i just it's fascinating to observe, to look back and reflect even on me. What is it? How is, how is that working? And I, I noticed that I, I'm entertaining very little thinking about my coaching and the conversation I have with people. Very little. I can't say zero because we're having this conversation. But I, I gosh, there's, 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 no, there's no rules to me. And I sat in a, when was that? Was that yesterday, day before? Doesn't really matter. I sat there, I'm confused. Didn't know what to ask next. Sat in quiet for a little while. And I could see my client sitting there ready and waiting. Like, I'm good. What's next? So I, guess what I said? I'm confused. I don't really know where to go next. Right. Yeah. You tell, you, you, you tell, the, you tell the truth, right? I told the truth. In fact, I play a little game with, with, with one of my clients. We call him a Jamie Smart moment because um, she's the only person I'm coaching at the moment who's, who's uh, developing her coaching practice. It's not something I do as a, as a particular part of my business. But um, So I have what I call a Jamie Smart moment where I'll say, okay, so let me leave you there and let me explain what's going on inside of me because it's helpful to her because she wants to know, like from a coaching aspect, what's going on. I'm completely open about it. Let's have a Jamie Smart moment where you, people only, if you haven't seen him on a, on a call. I, like, love, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Right? If he's, he'll coach people in front of a group and then he'll pause them and say, okay. And then he'll talk to the group, you know, and they'll be like, let me tell you. So I didn't know what to, what to ask there. So I just said, I don't know where to go. It's like, okay, but he's talking to the coaches who are learning to be coaches. And I think, yeah, cool. Let's just, let's just throw that in. Let's just throw it into the conversation because that's what's going on with me. I love that. And, and speaking of you, you, in your book, Musings on Love, um, you, you, there was a one that struck me was, it's called Ready is a Mirage, right? Um, and you, you were talking about a host of ways of how we think we need to be ready. But as far as being a coach or, or sharing the principles or, Having a, 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 a dialogue with somebody that you believe may be useful, how do you know when you're ready? I mean, I'm guessing, it's a, I'm guessing there is no such thing, but my, my follow-up question is, well, if that's what you're doing, um, I know there's people here that are certified coaches that may be like, well, there's more to that. In your opinion, what would differentiate you from just anybody else? And if you're then then are you a coach or are you just a person that charges people just because you're having a fun conversation with them. Like what would distinguish you charging someone for just having a dialogue? Mm, yeah. I've sat at a beach cafe in Zakynthos because I've run six one-on-one um, -on -one coaching immersion retreats there. Kind of asking myself the same question. How come, um, how come this guy is paying me money just to sit with me here and to talk? And, I'm happy to go into that conversation, but like there's, uh, 
I, but there was another part to your question. I kind of, I've got, I've got distracted in my thinking. It's like I want to go into that money piece, but I think that's much simpler than it needs to be. But there was, I think there was another part to the question you started to ask about already. Oh, okay, ready so is a, yeah, ready is a mirage. Yeah, so but. I tell you what, what's different in my respect for me is I just gave up the concept of ready because it's a concept. Because ready is something that we might fear, but it doesn't make it true. Shit, I don't know about you, but I feel loads of stuff, but they're not true. It's like, so I'm waiting for something that, okay, I could tick a load of boxes. Does that mean I'm ready? It's just such a made up thing. It's like, okay, so my advice, do you know what? You're never going to be ready. Never. And that, and there's some, like, we could say there's some truth in that because if ready doesn't exist, you're chasing something that's never going to happen. So you're, you're never going to be ready. Yeah. Stop being so selfish and just go and have conversations with people. And this is the point, like, we, <laughs> I can get quite animated and pretty firm in my conversation with people because here's the thing, we can, everyone on this call can help someone. Everyone on this call can help someone, and yet we get so caught up in thinking about ourselves that distracts us from helping someone. Like, am I ready? Should I charge? We make it about us. Like, am, should I be asking this? Should I be asking that? Just sit with somebody. So like the seven people on this planet and most of them will benefit just by talking and have somebody be really present. Amir, thank you for like bringing that out. Like to have somebody really present with you, whether you charge them money or not, like that's, that is such a, a beautiful thing for people to experience. So uh, I, I stopped being selfish and I have very little thinking about me. Occasionally, I notice there's a bit of a shit storm goes on about it. Um, but it's like, again, yeah, so what? So what? So I don't know if you want to ask the money question. Is there something particular around that that you want to ask? Well, you know, Terry actually uh, said she'd like to hear a bit more about the charging part. Uh, Terry, do you want to ex tell us a little bit more of what you're looking for? I'd love to hear. Um, I really enjoy this conversation. It It speaks right to where I'm coming from and wanting to come from, uh, being in this state of no plan and showing up to see what happens, just a curiosity. And I have conversations with people. Uh, some of them could be called practice coaching, but they don't turn out that way. We're just talking, we're just having a conversation. Um, and I've never charged for a conversation. And I'm just curious how, without having any self-consciousness around it, how that actually works because it does seem like a very practical thing in an exchange of value. Then you start getting into these, I mean, how do you not go down the road of what that means and how to make that happen and how that, whether or not that will open the door to people to come to talk to you or not, you know, just, so I, there's just a little confusion and I know I'm making it all up, but it's still there. A sense of, it would be great to hear, from you, uh, from Amir, how that played out for you and your, you know, did you, you were already charging as a coach and then you moved into this open-ended conversation and it just flowed directly and you didn't have to worry about it. I'm talking about, I'm coming from, I'm the open-ended coach. I'm just, I'm not having a plan. You know, how do, how do I go? So that, that's sort of the question and it, it probably doesn't mean a whole lot, but I'm just curious. And I'm curious about you, so, but I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd, I'd like to come back and ask you a question afterwards. I'll, I'll answer your okay. question first. But um, so I'm kind of chuckling to myself thinking, oh, yeah, you know, what happened was right from the off, I knew what I wanted to charge. And I always said I spent one hour, 20 minutes with every person. And then we hit the red line and like, okay, from here on, it costs this much. No, it was just, I just fumbled around and Gosh, I remember, in fact, uh, Amir was, was there. There was one time in uh, Steve's um, coaching school that I was talking about somebody who I'd had six conversations with. And uh, it was Carolyn Freya-Jones. If you've never heard of her, look her up. She's amazing. And she's, she's, she's like coaching me in the room on this particular thing. It's just like, Phil, at some time, you, you guys step into being a professional coach. Like, 
if you want to make money, you've got to ask for money. Come on. She was like, and here I say, like, come on, like just step. And they're just like, oh yeah, you're right. I need to ask for money. I need to ask for money. Now I could talk a whole lot. We could probably write a book just about coaching for money and just the money piece. Cause we all have so much thinking about it. I'd, I've gone in, in 2013, actually, I remember there was one guy I had a conversation with and I had a spreadsheet with all the different options of what I might charge. And if we talk this many times and whatever, I was like, oh my God, that is horrendous. And no, he didn't hire me. Of course he didn't. He was really, in fact, he even said, I'm confused. Yeah. So I think I would encourage people who are starting out charging to experiment, really, to experiment. And... It's easy to say, like, well, just find a figure, what's comfortable, whatever. Just, just experiment. Try something. And, you know, we could go into that deeper in, a, in a, like I say, a whole separate conversation around charging. But I, I just think we have to experiment. And I think there is, even though it is all made up, I know, with the exception of one client, this is what I mean about truth, so uh, a client last year paid me more money than I'd ever been paid before, and he was the least committed client I've ever had. But for the most part, right, there seems to be, and, then, and this is something that uh, people will teach, is that people have, want to have skin in the game. I like, to have, I like my clients to have skin in the game in different ways other than just money. But if somebody, you know, if, if you're uh, just charging somebody a dollar a session, there's a different dynamic because of the meaning we give to that. What did it happen? I think your question was personal to me, wasn't it? For me, I made a complete mess of it many, many, many times. And I kept making it up. Some of the things that have worked for me very well um, is being really honest about the range. So I've said, okay, so I've, I've had clients pay me this much right down to this much for six months and some for three months. This is a range. I want, um, I want the fee to be right for you and me. And I really want us to spend time together. Like I really want us to spend time together. So I'd like you to see if you know what would feel the right fee for you. I don't want you to jump off a cliff but I want you to feel, hmm, this is significant. This is important. This is a real, okay, this is a commitment from me. And I've done that with a few clients, four or five, and nobody's ever come back with the bottom figure. They have genuinely come back. He goes, you know what, where I am? Yeah, this, this, like they're in touch with that. This is, this is how I want this to feel, that amount. That's worked for me. It might not work for anyone else. I don't know. That was an experiment. It worked well for those. Currently, I say, tell people okay these are my fees i do 12 months at this six months at that i have done three months with people but i'm not so keen on that we might go into reasons but this is it this is my starting point however and like say for the guy last year that was it stopped because i sensed about i should have we should have never done the work together on reflection but okay again that was an experiment um that's it does that help <laughs> Somewhat. I, I, guess I, I, I was wondering the question you had for me. Yeah, well, so I was wondering how that looks for you. Like, do you, I guess my two questions were, do you want to charge? Do you That's want to charge? Question. I, yes. Because I didn't ask, do you think you should charge? That's no, a totally I, I different think that question. it's Would a good like idea to do it uh, for many reasons. One is the skin in the game piece. I know that when I'm paying a coach, there, it, there's more there just because of the way we think about money and value and stuff. <clears throat> I also would like to be able to do more with travel and going to classes and connecting with people and that takes money. So in that way, it would be nice to have some sort of value exchange. And I like to earn money because I like to spend money. Right. You know, that, I have bills to pay. So that puts it into a very nice yeah, package. Like, Thank you. Because I have, I have bills to pay, you know, and like we all do. And there are other things I like to do with money. Okay. 
I don't feel I need to kind of justify that. It looks to me like in most professions, isn't that the definition of a profession that somebody gets paid for or whatever? So if you, if you, that feels like honest for you, yeah, you, I get it that you can have a lot of thinking about it, whether you should and the how, but would you, do you want to charge? Yes. And just really simply look at, not too deeply, but just notice all of that story and the content of the reasons why not. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so a, I know this just, literally just before I came on this, one of my clients tagged me in a post. It'll be on my wall now. And she's, there's something she quoted that I said to her yesterday. The only difference between the people that do and the people that don't is that the people who do, do, and the people that don't, don't. And we can add on a whole bunch of thinking about that, but that really is the only difference. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I love that last bit, man. That, that probably was the biggest thing for me is when I just did it. Um, I, I made up all this ideas. I, I'd go from one course to the next. And I thought if I go to the next course, I will do. But the only thing that did it was when I did it. I mean, course after course, book after book, to the point where I even wrote my own book of what I did because it was like, you know, I'm going to do a chronicle of what I actually did, not what I should be doing or what, I, what I'm going to pretend to do after I take the next course. I will, you know, I will real quick, uh, Terry, if you don't mind me answering that too in a different way. I just hired a negotiation coach, okay? This is a group called Jim Camp. He wrote a book called Start With No, highly recommend it. I, um, I had a, uh, our call with one of the negotiation uh, coaches there and I had a $6,000 negotiation the next day. So I said, look, I don't want you guys to tell me what you guys do. I have a $6,000 negotiation tomorrow. I need you to tell me what I need to do tomorrow so I can get that down. If I get that down tomorrow, I will, I will pay for the coaching. Well, I ended up paying only $2,100 out of the 6,000 that I owed to work with him was $3,000. I already got my money's worth. Now, do you think he had to actually tell me how much it cost or that this is what he, like how much he's valuable and worth it? No, he showed me to the point where I wanted to give them money. And so one of the best ways I can tell you, you know, I don't like asking for money. So what I do instead, I'm such a fucking good coach. People ask me how much, uh, how, how can I pay you to work with you? So one of the ways to, really not have a money problem or question about money is be such an incredible coach that by the end of the call, they, are, they will want to ask you, how can we work together? Where do I send the check? Right? Because if, if the, for me, if the question is, well, do I charge? Do I not? Well, if that's in my head, like Phil beautifully said, then I'm not going to be present. I'm going to be so concerned about the finances of the end of the conversation I'm going to have with my client. Well, I'm not going to be president. I'm going to be a shitty coach anyway. Right. What's beautiful about Phil is he just doesn't care about the money. Like I, I genuinely know that about Phil. So he's so present that this question probably is kind of like, I don't even know how to answer that for him because he's not there yet with his clients. He gives such an impactful coaching session with his clients that I have a feeling they want to say, okay, how do I sign up? Am I, Am I kind of right with that, Phil? Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not looking at it. I, 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 it's been a long time since I felt that I'm trying to sell something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that jumps in I your don't. head. Like, oh, well, is, are they going to be... No, well, I think we get to a point where, like, we have to do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling that too. And I, I might be the first to say that actually. And like, I don't know, how are you feeling? Because I'm feeling like this would just be, I'm really excited about this. How are you feeling? And the person opposite me, I'm like, yeah, if we're feeling the same way, then again, we explore. I, I, I've simplified my fees right down because of where I'm at. That's it. And, but again, I'm noticing that I'm, that's not hard and fast for me because I'm so open. So I was, whatever works for people. And, and that's what I mean about experimenting to find what works for you. And, you know, because we have so much thinking about the money piece and charging, there's a lot out there. And 
great. People can teach you that there definitely are things that you can look out for in a conversation, like in the same way as playing Monopoly. Sure, it's made up. It's a game. But you can still learn to be a really good Monopoly player. Sure. But I love what you said about the, the question has less significance. It has less weight. It has less weight to it. If you are such a good coach that the person wants to buy, there's, the, there's, just, there's no effort in that. There's no effort in that. And of course, the way to be such a wonderful coach is to stop trying to be such a wonderful coach. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And, and, and that's why I think people, you know, movie, movie studios pay so much money for the trailer right? Because they know if the trailer is good, you're going to go spend 25 bucks to go see a movie, right? And so what that means is you give them the experience. I, I, I just had three people email me and say, hey, I want to work with you. How much do you charge? And I said, I don't even know what you need. What if I solve, solve what you're looking for and you don't even need me? So what I do is I diffuse the money question. I'm not interested in the money question because I don't even know what people need. What if I get in an hour call with them and they said, that's what I was looking for. We shake hands, we move on. So I actually, I'm not interested in the money question, but what I do know is now that the money question is both off my plate and their plate, I know we're both going to be able to be more present, right? If I, if I go into the conversation and tell them, let me solve this for you. I'm not even interested in charging. I don't want you to work with me. Let's solve this together. Then you don't even have to hire me. Well, if I'm that miraculous that in an hour I solve it, well, guess what? The next time they have something else on their mind, who are they going to call? And I want to share something really quickly. Yeah, it's, it's not your... mine from Jamie Smart, but he and I use this all the time. When I go into a conversation, it's like, I, wanted, I do want to take that whole money piece. Of the, how am I going to propose? I want to take that off the table. But I also want to, I want to, don't want to feel creepy or whatever because I haven't mentioned it all through the conversation. I'm going to sneak it in at the end. No. So I'm asking for permission up front. So another Jamie Smart moment is like, okay, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm here. I'll help you. If this is the only conversation we have, you get everything you need. I'm good with that. And if we get to the end of the conversation and I feel there's something else I could offer you that might help, or there's some resources, or I can make an offer to you. Um, I'd like to do that at the end of our conversation. Are you okay with that? And everybody says, oh yeah, of course. It's like, cool. Let's forget about that then and get on with our conversation. And then at the end, if I feel, Hmm. We'd like to talk again in a couple of weeks to see how that thing works out. And maybe a second conversation or whatever. There's no rules. It's like, okay, would you like to do more of this? And we might have the proposal or the money conversation. But I love that bit that Jamie teaches about like the top and the tail. It's like, okay, I'm here, I'm gonna help you as much as I can. And at the end of our conversation, if I feel to, I might make you an offer. And that's it. And then we forget about it until the end of the conversation. Yeah, that's brilliant. That, that's been useful for me as well. And, it, and the reason is, again, and, and like what Phil mentioned this whole time is, it allows presence to come through for both people. Because a coaching conversation is going to be only as good as who's, who's there. I remember Steve, uh, Rich Lippman said, you can't coach a client that's not in the room. Right? And I love that. It's so true. A lot of times, you know, it's not the, the client that's the issue, it's us. We come in with all of our preconditioned ideas of how we're gonna share, how much are we gonna charge, is this call going good, what if it doesn't go good, and then you wonder why by the end of the call they're like, all right, they're running for the hills, they don't wanna even speak to you because they think you're a terrible coach because you're so much in your head. So, hmm. let me see, Any, anyone else wanna jump in with any questions? Has anybody got anything else about like truth and beliefs or are we all now seeing even the nature of truth? Uh, yeah, I, I do want you to kind of speak to that because I know that was what our call was supposed to be when we were talking about coaching. But what are your thoughts about truth, nature of beliefs in, in general? Well, I'll tell you what I just increasingly noticed. I can go through and watch some. Actually, I want to go back a step. I'd like to go back a step. Like, why are we doing this? And for me, it's personally for me, I just find I love, there's a feeling that I get when I'm with somebody and they're, they light up at how easy and free life can be, or in fact they are. 
but for all of their thinking about it, right? We've all heard that before. So it's like, I, I feel I'm in this, I could say, or something noble to reduce suffering and all that kind of stuff. Maybe, but if I was to put a label on it, I want to help people live their most loving, joyous life. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of doing that for me. I love it when that happens. And I've just seen over and over again that we can have people dangle a carrot to freedom and it becomes a bit of a game. Okay. All of that stuff was made up, but I've got one thing. This is the truth. I'm going to dangle this carrot. I'm going to play a game with you. See if you can get you to this carrot. You can't ever really get there because the separate self, the ego can never really understand it. So all you can do is just see the carrot. You might call them like a, a carrot gamer kind of thing. You know, they're just dragging, inviting somebody to go into that particular direction. But the carrot isn't really there either. And that is all a game. And I've noticed I can watch some videos and there are, and this is what I mean about being hoodwinked. And I don't want to directly criticize anybody because I think anybody in this work, they're probably doing it for pretty much the same reason as me. But we all get, I got hoodwinked as well into thinking that I was pointing people towards a truth. So I had my version of a carrot of the truth and I was playing a game with them. And I've seen that having noticed that even truth is just a carrot, they don't even need to be chasing that. Boy, that's freedom. That's freedom. Wow, man, that was, uh, that was beautifully said. And that's, that's, uh, that's the way you end a call. Shit. <laughs> I don't even know what to say from there. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was brilliant. So, thank you. So the, so you're, we're good. Whether, whether we, so in other words, we're back to the monopoly game. You know, so I love this. I don't think any, there's a, any of my clients have summed up um, this stuff any better. The guy who came with me to Zakynthos last uh, June, we're on our last day together, and I, I say to him, okay, so what, 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 have, what have you seen? How could you summarize our time together? He said, Phil, nice idea, doesn't matter. Nice idea, but it doesn't matter. I've kind of liked to remind myself of that. That even when I catch myself being drawn into a truth, but that's a really nice idea, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, brilliant. It's it's that that's it, and and I love it. And it's funny because my version of that was I I get on. Facebook and I scroll with people talking about truth and separate self and the ego and how as a spiritual teacher, you shouldn't charge this much. You should do this one. And as soon as I turn off my phone, guess what? I kiss my daughter and this black screen doesn't do anything anymore. But as soon as I pop this open and I go, Oh yes, that is true. Separate self and ego. All of a sudden I think that all that matters, but I'll tell you what mattered is kissing my daughter and her saying, Dada, I love you. And that, that to me did it for me, you know, and uh, just kind of a cool message. How can people find you? Uh, made it really easy. You can find me on Facebook, fairly active on there, um, which you can find me via fbphil.com, fbphil.com. Uh, website is philg.com. Links to the podcast are there. And are you, yeah, so you, you guys got to check out, is it The Coaching Life? Yeah, the Coaching Life podcast. Yeah, there's one going out uh, tonight, I think. Yeah. You're still doing them? Still doing them. You know why? Occasionally I have a little break. Here's a guy like, oh, I haven't done one for, I think I went four or six weeks. In my head. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. And yeah, then some people came along. Yeah, let's record this. Cool. That's awesome. And are you, are you doing, are you taking clients? Are you still going? To, where do you go? Every year you go somewhere. I don't know how to say the, where is it that you go? The Kinthos, the Greek island. Yeah, I'm going in a couple of weeks' time for a client meeting me out there. Um, 
And, you know, we, instead of what might be the intense conversation for an hour or two hours over Zoom, we spend two days together with a day apart in between. And it's really chilled and we walk along the beach and we sit at cafes and we just have conversations. But I'm really present with that person. I love that. That sounds like maybe I'll meet you there one day. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Well, you awesome. know what? Thank you again, Phil. This was an awesome and very different, uh, you know, from, from our typical one. And I loved it. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And for those that are in the VIP group, it's another one. Uh, I, speaking of people are like, why would you call it a VIP? Don't you know everyone's important? I'm like, see, here we go again. People are, have something to fight about with me even. But yes, that, that is my VIP group. Everyone is special. I understand that. But I had to make up a name like the Monopoly game. And uh, you can join us there. Phil will be there in one minute. So if you're there, hang up. Thank you so much for being here, Phil. I'll have this recording up uh, soon. And thank you, everyone, for joining. And Terry, thank you so much for your question. And I will thank see you. all you guys. Thank you, everyone. Love it. Thank you, bud. See you soon. Bye. Bye.